What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Unbiased Football Talk. Happy Saturday, everybody. Except for, people, except for the people in Buffalo who are digging themselves out of six feet of snow. Uh, just me and James today. James, have you seen these pictures in Buffalo? Uh, no, can't relate. My eyes got blinded by the sunlight when I opened my door this morning. So, you know, <laughs> thoughts and prayers to everybody on the East Coast dealing with that. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I don't miss it. I do kind of miss the snow when I lived in Illinois, but um, so far, yeah. One thing about living out here in the West Coast is we don't got to deal with that stuff. Well, I, I live in Fargo, as we all know, and it's been snowing for a week straight, but nowhere near five feet. That is just absolutely ridiculous. And you know, I'm, I'm big on the idea that if you live in a state that you know it snows and you have an outdoor stadium, you play through it. However, after seeing those pictures, I think maybe maybe they made the right yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, <laughs> um, I was also upset, like, man, that's shitty. Why'd they have to move the game? It would've been an awesome snow game, but then, yeah, yeah you see the picture, like, okay, well, let's let common sense take over here. Because <laughs> I don't know where they would have put that snow. <laughs> like, where you can, like, not just on the field, but all the snow and the bleachers and everything that, that is a lot of snow. And uh, snow cones. I love how Buffalo newscasters were making the storm look like the Buffalo Bills logo. Gotta love it. <laughs> but that game is going to be played in Detroit as of an hour ago. Uh, James said before the show, Adam Schefter did tweet that all the players from Buffalo's coaching staff and everything like that made it to their practice facility and are going to take off soon to head to Detroit and play two straight games in Detroit. Yep. Um, interesting. I wonder if they stay there. You think they stay there for a week? Absolutely. Like, why would you? I mean, Buffalo I, I is buried in snow. You know, winter is there. It has arrived, as Ned Stark would say. Why would you go back to go back again in three days? If they don't stay, they're, they're kind of stupid. That is ridiculous. That is kind of stupid. Um, Detroit, I hope that you guys have enough foldable tables to accompany the Buffalo Bills fans. They're going to be heading over there. That'll be kind of fun to watch. Um, so yeah, that that game is going to be played in Buffalo. I have some key matchups this week in fantasy. I was kind of interested to see what would happen. I'm playing against Stefan Diggs. And do you think do you think they would body slam a turkey through a table? Like, don't they do backflips and break tables in Buffalo? Do you think they would do that to a turkey on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Like, I mean, that'd be pretty shitty, right? Like, you spend four hours cooking this bird and someone just elbow drops it from the top rope. Like, what the hell, Steve? What are we going to eat now? <laughs> but I don't know. It's some of the some of the craziest fans in football, man. Like, could you imagine a Buffalo Bills-Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl? Yeah, that'd like, be pretty awesome. I mean, I as far as the fan bases go, it would be nuts. I mean, this is one fan base throws snowballs at, at – uh, and Santa Claus and and booze their eight no team at halftime, which is absolutely nuts. The other team body slams anything with ketchup and mustard poured all over them. <laughs> I got some Dolphins fans on my timeline, so they 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 swear that Buffalo fans are absolutely terrible. Um, they might be, but it doesn't mean they're not fun. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a super. I think that the Buffalo Bills are more, or Buffalo Bill fans are more. Uh, what's the name? What's the word for it? They're I think they'd be easier to cope with than Eagle fans. Yeah, definitely. Did you happen to see the 
was there a parade when LA won the Super Bowl last year? Did they have a parade in LA? Yeah, but I think I remember like not many people showed up or something like that. Yeah, they they should have paid people to go to there. <laughs> like really, I, I honestly hope no Southern California team ever wins a Super Bowl because I'm here for the after party celebration. You know, like Kansas City won it. You had people diving off bus buses and freaking stripping on telephone poles out there, and it was. Uh, Kelsey's hooking up with a chick in a subway station. It was wild. <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for that stuff. Like I, I understand why the NFL wants a team in LA. It's a big money. It's a big money market. But as far as a fan base goes, give me like Oklahoma all day over LA fans. Some you know Midwestern place or Southern place. Yeah, I'm with you. I as much as I dislike the Eagles fan base, they're I mean they damn near burnt that city down when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think uh, there's this fantasy analyst who can be as agnostic about, like, you know, NFL fandom as you can get. And when the Eagles won it, he went downtown. He Even he said it was a hell of a time. So, I mean, yeah, that'd be cool to watch. But uh, we're not here to talk about Bill's Eagles Super Bowl, even though it could happen. I mean, it's probably the favorite. I mean, if you ask a lot of people, there's still Eagles. Eagles got their first loss, but it's still, I mean, it, NFC is pretty easy. So we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. there. But. We're not going to touch on too much, too many games this week. Uh, just kind of want to touch on one. The matchups are kind of blah. Um, the You're not game for Rams, Saints, Broncos, mm. Raiders. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I can't we'll say. See. I mean, can't say I'm excited for Broncos country versus McDaniel's offense. I, I can't not see that game being very fun. I think the Commanders Texans game is going to be a bit more entertaining than that. Oh. It's a McDaniel's homecoming. I forgot he was the coach there. Oh yeah, revenge game. Yeah, revenge <laughs> game. <laughs> I remember we list every single game ever as a revenge game. Someone is out for revenge always. I'm sure there's a revenge piece in every single NFL matchup. Let's let's see here. Cowboys Vikings is the America's game of the week. Is there any revenge in that game? Uh-huh. Uh, Jaron Ron Kirsch, Cowboys safety, played for the Vikings practice squad for a couple of years. Oh, Anthony Barr is on the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, Anthony Barr. However, he's on their so, injury report. I don't know. He's supposed to play, I heard, so it's it's officially a revenge game. There it is. Revenge game, Anthony Barr. After ditching the Jets for, for, for more money for Minnesota, Barr is out for revenge against Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> so, stu- so stupid. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the uh, injury report on this one. It's kind of significant on the Viking side. You got Cameron Dantzler's starting cornerback is on IR. His replacement, Caleb Evans, is out with a concussion. Dalvin Tomlinson, the starting defensive tackle, is out with a with a calf injury. Zadarius Smith is questionable with a knee. I, it sounds like he's going to play, but uh, we'll see. And then as far as the Dallas goes, uh, Anthony Barr, like I said, is questionable. Anthony Brown, their corner, is questionable. Demarcus Lawrence is questionable. And the big question of the week is, is Ezekiel Elliott, who is the quote-unquote, what did did they say? (laughs) The soul of the team is what their offensive line said, which surprises me. But the heartbeat. eh. But. This is the game of the week. Of course, me being a Vikings fan, I am looking forward to this game. Um, Kirk Cousins versus Dallas or um, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is six and one against Kirk Cousins, and the I believe the Cowboys are still one and a half point favorite 
on the road. What, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I see. Uh, I mean, one two points at DraftKings, but yeah, your, your point stands. Uh, Forty eight total. They're expecting some points in this game. I think. Um, sorry, excuse me. I think people are expecting it to be like a shootout because you got Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb who just had a big game last week um, <clears throat> going out against each other. But uh, when Zeke is on the field, like, I, I think they want to – I don't know. I, it's got to come from Jerry Jones to like um, justify his contract to just force-feed Zeke touches because they, they really just want to establish it with Zeke when he's out there. And when he missed a few games and Tony Pollard was out there, it's interesting. They, they did give Pollard most of the running back work, but he didn't get a lot of targets. And that's what, that's kind of what, that's kind of why people like him more than Zeke in the fantasy world. Cause he gets to, he gets some passing game work. He's more explosive, but as that, that's all, that doesn't really matter. Zeke is supposed to play. I can actually see this being a uh, different from what everyone sees it. I think both teams will try to try to maybe establish the run a little bit more than people think. And uh, that, that could open the door for some exploitive uh, lineups if you don't play Jefferson and Lamb on in DFS this week. But uh, as far as the actual game goes, it's kind of disrespectful that the Vikings are home underdogs. Even though I, I kind of get why we talked about in the last pod how the Vikings have been getting you know really lucky in these one-score games and they have a negative yards per play differential. Uh, Cowboys have a hell of a defense. They're, they're getting... It, I, it might be Anthony Barr that's coming back where they're not going to have Micah Parsons drop back into coverage as much as they have been. They're going to let him rush the passer. And um, like that that's what you want him to be doing. Like if you're the Vikings, you see Parsons drop back, like that's a win on that play, regardless yeah. of what happens. Like you don't – even though – is Derisaw going to play? Uh, he Yeah, he's playing. Right. Well, I mean regardless, they can just throw Parsons on the other side. So – that's not yeah, well, Brian O'Neill has only given up one sack this year. Well, there you go. But still, you don't want to see – you'd rather see Parsons drop back than oh, absolutely. try to get a cousin's face. So, uh, if you're asking me to pick a winner, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I could really see it as a toss-up. I, I could see Dalvin Cook having a big game here. Um, he had that long run against Buffalo last week. Um, I – I think it kind of sounded like I was bashing on him for being old and a little slower than he used to be. But then he goes out, has an 80 yard touchdown run and sparks the Vikings comeback. So, you know, dunks it right in my face. I, I took it all in the mouth. Um, I, I, Ian, I don't know. It's a two point spread. It's a literal coin flip. I guess, I guess I'll go with the home team, but I really don't have any conviction. I can see either team coming out with the victory here. The Vikings are definitely going to establish a run with Dalvin Cook. Um, like you said, I mean, Dalvin Cook looked like he lost his his burst the last, you know, the first six weeks of the year, first five weeks of the year. But the last three weeks, he really has come on fire. And that 81-yard touchdown run, he hit 22 miles an hour. And yeah. he's, just, he's just hard to tackle. He's not like a lot of running backs who run out of bounds like he's going for that he's gonna run he's gonna cut back inside and, and get that extra few yards by dragging you down but um and then alexander madison's a hell of a backup i mean these both these teams have a great running back duo yeah tony pollard and zeke and dalvin cook and alexander madison um and they're gonna try to establish a run just like green bay did again or yeah green bay did against them last week 
And then that's going to open up Kirk Cousins on play action, which Kirk Cousins play action is one of the best quarterbacks in the league um, on play action. Um, and JJ, I mean, I mean, you just, yeah. And then you have the, you have the safety blanket of TJ Hawkins and the Vikings now have a top, arguably a top five player in each of those positions, tight end receiver and running back. He might not be top five anymore, but he's, he's close. Um, and the O-line is playing well. I think the interior O-line at Ingram, he's kind of... He keeps stepping on Kirk Cousins' foot twice against Buffalo. <laughs> twice. Get out of the way. <laughs> I don't think he likes that. Yeah. Um, and then Dallas, I mean... Dak Prescott... This is the first game of the year for Dak Prescott facing a team with a winning record. Interesting. And... That's not really saying... I mean, he, he was hurt for like three weeks, but the first team he's playing with a winning record. Um, now, you take a lot of crap if you're a quarterback and you have a lot of losses against teams with winning records. Well, Dak Prescott's at the top of that list. He does not perform well against teams with a winning record. So this is going to be a good game. I, I mean, I'm going to take the Vikings too. I mean, I of course, I'm a Vikings fan. I'm trying not to be biased on unbiased football talk, but... <laughs> the Vikings are about to play four of the next five games at home. This is a huge game. A lot of people are still saying the Vikings shouldn't be 8-1. and one. Who knows? Is this a game where they win and they're they're finally given a little more respect? I, What do you think on that? I guess it depends on how they win it. If it's 23-20 to 20 again, like... Oh, my God. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> a lot of the same points will be brought up, you know, come Monday. But if they go out here and they win like twenty-seven to ten, like you, you gotta, you yeah, know, start looking, start saying something different. You know what? That being said, if they if they if they go twelve and five or whatever it is, and they make the Super Bowl and they win the game twenty-three to twenty, people are gonna still saying like, well, they won the Super Bowl, but it was only by one score. <laughs> That's only gonna matter if you bet win totals. Like, yeah. You're never gonna be able to take away a Super Bowl, you know, win from a team. But um, yeah, I'll shut up. If, if that happens, I'll be really happy for you, Ian. Let's just say that. Well, yeah, I'll be having to take at least two days off of work after the, if the Vikings <laughs> won the Super Bowl. Not necessarily this year. I still don't know if I believe that the Vikings are a Super Bowl contending team, but we'll see. Um, Set up your next registry too. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. A point that I made, or just a comment that was made on, on Colin Coward's show the other day, I, I kind of touched on a little bit before the show. There, He was talking about New York Giants and Buffalo Bills. Um, Brian Dable came over from Buffalo, and now you know, he was the, he was the offensive coordinator over there, and their offense is kind of struggling in Buffalo now. And look at what Brian Dable's doing in, in New York. And he's running the ball a lot, and Daniel Jones is playing well. He's getting the best Daniel Jones ever. He's throwing the ball when he needs to, and they're eight and two or whatever they are, seven and two, probably eight and two tomorrow after they play Detroit. Um, so he's calling that for the offense or the coach of the year, Brian Dable, because of that. I just kind of wanted to touch on making that case for Kevin O'Connell. Again, try not to be biased on unbiased football talk, but what Kevin O'Connell has done with this Minnesota Vikings football team is outstanding. He 
And the, the thing that I like the most about it is what he's doing with Kirk Cousins. He's letting Kirk Cousins throw the ball downfield, and that equals more interceptions. And, James, you made a, I made a point to you like three years ago that, that Jimmy Garoppolo throws a lot of interceptions, and you don't care about interceptions because that means the quarterback's being aggressive. And you know what? Three years later, I'm going to agree with you. I don't care if Kirk Cousins throws more interceptions. If he's throwing the ball 30, 40 yards down the field and he gets picked because of a tipped pass or a deflection off the cornerback or whatever, I don't care because that's showing me that Kirk Cousins has more. He's ballsier. You know, he's being aggressive. I like that. Um, and that's what the Vikings have lacked. I mean, last last year, the Vikings played Dallas in Minnesota against Cooper Rush. And the fullback, C.J. Ham had more targets than Justin Jefferson. That's not happening tomorrow. That is not happening tomorrow. Um, and just to go along more about him being the coach of the year, like he's getting the best out of every single player because every single player believes in Kevin O'Connell. They love Kevin O'Connell. And he's young. He's, you know, Sean McVay's little son over there in, in L.A. And look at L.A. L.A. has struggled. And I asked you before the show, what is... What is different about LA's offense? They brought in Ellen Robinson. They still, I mean, their running backs are just as good as last year. They lost Andrew Whitworth. Their own line's a little. They lost Odell, but I don't think that matters much. I mean, that he, he didn't he get. He did play well when he was there. He did. He did, but they brought in, they still have Van Jefferson. They brought in Allen Robinson. I mean, Cooper Cup's obviously hurt now. Odell Beckham isn't worth like an 18 point swing in the rankings Correct. in offense. Correct. So, yeah. Um, so I just kind of want to make the case that, you know, I love Brian Dable and what Brian Dable's doing in New York, and he is fired up over there. But what Kevin O'Connell is doing in Minnesota, you know, fandom aside, I love it. No, you don't you don't have to you don't have to say like um you don't have to defend your, you know, fandom or whatever in this case, because uh he definitely has a case to be a coach of the year. Him when when the Eagles lost that game, like I heard um, on this betting show I listen to a lot, mostly for just entertainment because you know I, I can't bet. I don't know if you heard. Um, <laughs> he says like normally when a coach is undefeated, he's a big favorite to like win just because like you know you're you're undefeated, you're kind of the favorite in the house. You, you haven't lost a game, you know you can't really say much against you. But Sirianni losing that game on Monday night really opened up the market. Um, I'm trying to trying to get it i don't think i don't think i have it on my app right here but him um uh, kevin o'connell nick sirianni brian dable p carroll even if the seahawks can continue to win those are all legit candidates for coach of the year it's a it's a pretty interesting race you know if you can um i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to to get some value in the betting market if you pay attention to it so you know uh, NFL lines are the most efficient in any sports betting market, but futures can be exploited, definitely. So if you're trying to make some money, I would pay attention to that and uh, get get your money in good, and hopefully you, you cash one of your tickets. But, no, you don't have to defend yourself. Kevin O'Connell is definitely in the running for coach of the year. Uh, like I said, uh, records in one-score games tend to regress, but that doesn't mean that a coach can't be objectively better in that situation other coaches the data just won't you just won't have enough data to definitively say yes or no but doesn't mean that they aren't you know you just can't really prove it from a mathematical standpoint maybe kevin o'connell has some magic beans in these situations where you know he makes a he calls a timeout here or there or he makes a play call or he sees something from the offense and has his 
tells the defense. I don't know. It's just some something we can't quantify. Maybe maybe he has it, and maybe this Vikings team will continue to win in a in an unsustainable fashion. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I would love to see Minnesota just go out and rock the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow. That would be incredible. Um, 325, kind of a primetime game for Kirk. All eyes on him tomorrow. Um, it's going to be Jim Nance and Tony Romo. It's going to be fun. I hope for my blood pressure that it's not the same as the Buffalo Bills, but uh, we'll see. James, you got anything else before I get into uh, – this little game I want to play with you. Yeah, a few years ago, the Tigers were plus 400 against the Astros in a random MLB regular <laughs> season game. They ended up winning that game. And uh, I just I just looked at some money line odds. The Panthers are 5-1 to one underdogs against the Ravens. <laughs> like, does, does any NFL team win a game 80% of the time, 90% of the time? I don't even know those odds, but... I don't know. I just that that's I, I've never seen an underdog that big in the NFL plus five oh six. That's that's pretty astounding. But um, uh, I do want to make amends for some wrong takes I had that Olapa a few weeks ago. I called out Aaron Rodgers and he goes out and beats the Cowboys the next week, even though he just lost to, to the Titans. But um, he definitely had one week where he led his team to a victory. So props to him. I called out the Washington franchise being terrible, and then they went out and beat the only undefeated team left in the league on Monday Night Football. So, you know, props to them. <laughs> and then I uh, – what else, what else did I say? I said the Saints should – are legit, you know, contenders to win the NFC South because of their advanced metrics, and then they just get shit on by the Steelers on the road. So, <laughs> I mean, pay attention to what I like for this week and just go the opposite because clearly I can't – I can't see straight. When it comes to some of these takes, but other than that, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. Oh yeah, I do want to apologize to Justin Fields for making fun of him in the beginning of the year with the completion count. I'm not the only one to do it, but like he had like 24 completions for three weeks, and the last three weeks he's just been, he's been, he's been playing really well. Like lo yeah. and behold, you let a young quarterback play and they improve and get better. What a novel <clears throat> concept. But um. Oh, you're yeah, just pro- trying to make a case for Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to salvage any hope I have for him. Like, honestly, if I had my way, uh, Lamar Jackson would be a Niner next year. But um, that's that's a pipe dream. But, uh, yeah, props to Fields. He's improving each and every week. Hopefully they can get him some more offensive weapons and improve the defense because they are absolutely dreadful. But, yeah, I want to apologize to Justin Fields for making fun of him. He's been doing really way better. Yeah, he's been absolutely killing it in fantasy, too. I picked him up in one of my leagues, and he's been getting me, like, 40 points a game, so I like that. Uh, he can uh, stop. All, all you got to do is run for 100 yards every game. It's not that he's hard. Still, he's still – yeah. Yeah, it's not that hard <laughs> as, a, as a quarterback. He still makes the boneheaded throws, man, that pick six against Detroit. But it yeah, is I will say he's not – he still has a ways to go as a thrower, but, I mean, the goal of the offense is to score points, and they've been scoring points recently, so – you got to give the quarterback credit. Yeah. All right, so we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. Uh, today we're going to do a little game. I'm going to name some – or I'm going to – kind of like what we used to do with Guess That Player. We're going to – I'm going to have James Ket, or guess NFL players. Um, mostly they're not in the league anymore. Just 
based on their career path. So where they started, where they ended. So let's do it. All right, James, you ready? Let's go. All right. So the first one started out with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. He okay. then went, he then went to the Oakland Raiders. He then went to the New England Patriots. He then went okay. to the Minnesota Vikings. He then went to the Tennessee Titans. And he ended his career with the San Francisco 49ers. Vikings, Raiders, Patriots, Vikings. No, he went to the Titans. Yep. And he finished his career with your 49ers. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to guess a name, and if I'm right, I had no idea he played for the Titans, but is it Randy Moss? It is Randy Moss. He played for the Titans? He sure did. Wow. He left the Vikings. He came back to the Vikings in 2010, and then he went to the Titans after the Vikings cut him after four weeks. And he was a like shit I, show in Oakland, I, I remember. And then, and then <clears throat> set the record in New England. Yeah. <laughs> now, like I said to you on before the show, I did want to start that... that uh, this little segment with an easy one. So next next three are a little tougher. Actually, if you get the next, if you get them, I'll, I'll be very impressed. All right, so this one next three one. Incoming. <laughs> this next one also started his career with the Minnesota Vikings. And then he went to the Seattle Seahawks. And he had a career resurgence with the Detroit Lions. And he ended his year or his career with the Cleveland Browns. And this is the guy that I told you follows me on Twitter and is an NFL analyst now. Vikings, Seahawks, resurgence with the Lions, and then end his career with the Browns. Correct. All right. Well, I know of a guy who played for the Seahawks and Lions. I didn't know he started and ended with the Vikings and Browns. Is it Golden Tate? It is not Golden Tate. Oh, fuck. That is not a bad pick, though, but he did. I think he ended his career with the Giants. Maybe. That, that's, yeah, a that, good, that's a good guess. Sounds about right. All right. Um, give, me, give me the position. Wide receiver. Of course. <laughs> uh, Percy Harvin? It is not Percy Harvin. All right. I, I give up. Who is it? It is Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson. That's right. He did play for the Browns. Started with the... Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one. I'll just tell you straight up, another wide receiver. Okay. All right. Start his career with Broncos country. And then he went to the Miami Dolphins. And then he went to the Chicago Bears. He then went to the New York Jets. And then to the Giants, and then to the Seahawks, and ended his career with the Saints. This guy can't be very good. Eh, when you hear his name, you'd be like, yeah, he was pretty good. He started with who? The Broncos? Yep. Uh, all right, sorry, say those teams again. All right, <clears throat> started off with the Broncos. Broncos. Miami Dolphins. Chicago Bears. Bears. Jets. Oh, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. I had a boy, James. 
That was good. That was good. The dude played for like seven teams. It's 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 wild. He played for so many teams, and he was like productive with almost all of them. I don't really remember. I don't remember him with the Saints, but I remember him with all the other teams. I don't remember him in the Saints either. All right, last one. If I can find it again. Um. Damn it, I lost it. All right, well, he started... Oh, there it is. He started his career again with the Denver Broncos. Okay. Okay. Then he went to the Houston Texans. Broncos, Texans. Then he went to the Dolphins. And 2022 with the Indianapolis Colts. Broncos, Dolphins, fans. He's currently on the Colts. Oh, Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. Well done, yeah. James. Well done. This is good. What am I at? Two and two? Two and three and one. Oh, hell yeah. Give it to me. You did very well. I, uh, <laughs> what? those what are I the win? only, you win, I don't know, <laughs> bragging points. I'm hoping that everyone who listens was, was thinking about guessing as well. Now, I did, I did, uh, come up with one trivia question. Um, okay. since you got those four so quickly, I will ask you this trivia question which undefeated team did the miami dolphins beat to keep their undefeated season in 1985 intact the bears well done james james is game on the roll <laughs> i mean it's the only game i remember from that season like i remember marino lit up the vaunted bears defense for four touchdowns Poor guy, though, never made it into the Super Bowl. Well, damn, I got to think of somebody harder. That was impressive. No, no, I'm going to retire after this. I'm not getting another question right. Are you sure? <laughs> Five and one, you got some, you got some, uh, or no, four and one, you have some breathing room here. Well, I had to, I had to redeem myself after I embarrassed uh, myself when Mike asked me about draft picks this past Draft. Yeah, I listened to that episode. <laughs> I was not involved in that episode, and I, I'm like, James, how do you not know that? <laughs> but hey, James, you don't you don't watch college like like Mike and I do. So, um, oh, I got a good one. Last one, last one. Let me let me just get let me just get him up here. Let's go. Since you uh, are doing so well, all right. <clears throat> this guy. Started his career in Denver. Then he went to the Jets. Played for the Titans the next year. They all started in Denver. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> they always leave. They always leave Denver. <laughs> um, and he ended his career with the Patriots. Uh, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Patriots. Wes Welker. Nope. Ugh. I think that was he went the opposite route. He stuck well. Yeah, he started with the Patriots, then he went to the Broncos. Broncos, Jets, Patriots. What year did he retire? Eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Mhm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they signed some washed-up receiver that year. Let's go take him. Draft receivers for shit. I didn't necessarily say it was a receiver, but it is a receiver. Oh, 
I just assume they're all receivers. You give me nothing but receivers. <laughs> no, Philip Lindsay's running back. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm tapping now. I I can't. All right, hold on. Me. Let me see if this helps. Let me see if this helps. He went to the University of Minnesota. He has a Super Bowl ring. Now you're just putting unwanted pressure on me. Oh wait, no, he didn't. He never mind. He did not win the Super Bowl. He left before they won the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Oh, so he was on the Patriots and he left and he won the Super Bowl. No. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, that's true, but no. That's not the one I was referring to. He left the Broncos and they won the Super Bowl. Oh. What's his, what's the other white dude's name? It was Wes Welker and then there was a... I think there's another white slot receiver. You're, you're on the white right. You're on the right. I said white. You're on the right track there. You're on the white track. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna hate myself when you tell me this name. There is another dude who was. Uh, he was a. He One was, of my he favorite players in college football right? history. Huh? He's part of the Payne team, right? The Manning Broncos. Yes, yes. He had like ten yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, it wasn't Wes Welker. I want to say he was a Pro Bowler that year. Let me see. All right, I'm gonna spare the listeners. Just, just tell me who it was. I know who it was. I can't think of the name, but I know the guy. Eric Decker. I fucking hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Decker. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes, I remember. Loved Eric Decker in Minnesota, man. I loved him. I wanted the Vikings to draft him so bad, but he would not have been as good if he went to Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, I hate myself for missing that one. That's all right, man. You went like, you went like four and three or four and two or something. So well done. I'm proud of you. Redeem yourself from the rookies. I won't ask you any rookies because <laughs> that's okay. We might as well just um, yeah. Let's just not go there. All right. Well, that concludes the episode. Unless you got anything else, James. Um, I like Adam Thielen in DraftKings this week. Ooh, again. I think he can go eight for sixty and two touchdowns. That'll really bomb all the other plays in that game, I think. I'll probably have him at least one lineup. All right, you heard it. You heard it from the man himself. Play Adam Thielen, but also play Justin Jefferson. Yeah, don't blame me if it doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Peace.